Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. I want to welcome you to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Amigo Provisions Company studios. We're part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Network, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. I am Porter Hayes, and alongside me is Jacob Davis, and all live shows are presented by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. And always, Bet Online, which remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Bet Online features live betting, free concept, contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your leagues and favorite events. Head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And Jacob, we want to start off uh, announcing a, a, a new sponsor to the Hog Talk podcast. It's the Sterling Soap Company in Paris, Arkansas. And it, it is, honestly, it's not what you think when you think of soap companies. I mean, they have shaving, they have beard balms, they have fragrances, they have... I went over toward the facility on Friday, and this is a local, they produce it in Paris. I mean, they started in Boonville, got too big, and then they produced their own line there in Paris, just kept growing and growing. But right next door, they also have a roastery where they make their own okay. coffee beans. But the coolest thing is they sell more product in Italy than they do the United States. And two local people, Rod and, and, and Mandy, got to meet with them. So they're going to be the sponsor of you know our 15-minute segment with Ethan, which he will not be on this week. He's just swamped with articles and everything going on. So we'll bring him on next week. But, Jacob, um, to kind of recap a busy week it was, I mean – Holy, just all the recruits and transfers and commitments. I mean, it was very eventful. So kind of just break down yes. some of the players we got so, and what can expect. So it was a very – it was very tough to uh, stay on top of things. Uh, honestly, I didn't know anything about uh, one of the defensive back commits decided to announce that he was committing. It just came out of nowhere. Uh, Jaden Allen committed on Friday uh, – morning about 11 o'clock he was he became the sixth commitment of the 2024 recruiting class four-star safety or four-star quarterback out of Aledo, texas uh he committed to arkansas over alabama tennessee lsu texas usc and michigan state and others and then i talked to courtney crutchfield a couple of days ago and he was really excited about his commitment uh, that was upcoming and he was also another four-star guy that committed around probably 2.30, 3 o'clock on, on Friday. I think it was 3.15, it says. He was a four-star wide receiver out of Pine Bluff. He committed to the Hogs over several uh, other uh, Power 5 schools. And, I mean, it, it pushed Arkansas up to the 17th-rate recruiting class. He had 17 receptions for 517 yards and nine touchdowns last season. Also, he's like a three- or four-sport athlete, plays basketball, track, and baseball. Uh, then they also landed another kid out of uh, Little Rock Mills. Out of He was formerly from Pine Bluff Dollarway, Charlie Collins. Uh, he also goes by Charleston. Uh, that's his formal name. He is a defensive lineman, uh, comes in at 6'4", 250 pounds. Overall, the 179th prospect in the country, four-star. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he committed to Arkansas. I know that there was a heavy uh, lean towards uh, LSU. Arkansas didn't think they were going to get him early on, but he committed to Arkansas over Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, and LSU. And then today, the uh, good news kept on coming. As Arkansas, as we know, has been in need of some tight ends. They have had quite a few uh, solid options with Luke Haz and Ty Washington there. Uh, they also needed to add depth. They had Nathan Bax, a former walk-on, who's a physical athlete. He'll go and block his butt off there uh, on the line. Not a really big threat out of the uh, 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 out of the backfield or off the line as far as receiving. Uh, but Arkansas landed him. 
Uh, he was, uh, this guy's, uh, I'm going to probably butcher his name, but Varkias Gums. He was the uh, second, uh, second team all freshman out of North Texas. Uh, he played, he started the last six games of the season, uh, six foot three, uh, 235 pound tight end. Obviously, uh, he, he's got some good size, solid size. A guy that, uh, caught 34 receptions for 450, uh, 40, 458 yards, five touchdowns as a redshirt freshman, has three years left to play. And so Arkansas, man, now you, 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 you've shored up your death issues at defensive tackle. You shored up your death issues at tight end. Arkansas is just on a streak as far as commitments go. They, this is probably the best cycle that I've seen in one week that Arkansas has has gotten better uh, as far as uh, gaining commitments and getting your transfers in. This has been the week, and then, and then four 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 star players, and then another tight uh, another tight end out of the portal. I'd say this is a W for Coach Pittman and his staff this week, who have put a new importance on recruiting. Yeah, and what I'm looking at the tight end, and you know how I've said the past two years how important this tight end is. And I know I overstate how important it is, but you look at, like we said last week, with the deep threat in, in Burtz, and you get a couple of deep threats. Now you've got a guy at 6'3", 235 coming in. Three seasons. You're not getting these transfers that are one and done. You're not getting some of these guys that are coming in and they're hoping to just come in and, and, and produce and get to the NFL. This kid's coming in and he's going to have three seasons of eligibility, and I'm telling you, 6'3", 235, that's going to be hard to bring down. He's going to be and hard to bring down. kind of like a C.J. O'Grady, D.J. Williams type. Exactly. Um, without watching any film on him, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how he blocks. You know, we know, yeah. you know, he catch and touchdowns and stuff like that, but, I mean, you know with them running this zone read and how they're going to be utilizing Jefferson and Absolutely. Rocket and the running backs – that's going to be just as important to blocking. And having a guy that size on the end at 6'3", 235, I mean, that's going to be huge when it comes to the blocking schemes. Another Especially thing. downfield blocking, yes. too. That's very important because when you, you're switching from more of a uh, hurry-up, no-huddle offense, and you're, and you're needing to block more downfield because you're going to be utilizing the whole field instead of just the, the boundaries and – and uh, short stuff. You're, I mean, this is what Dan Enos needed as a guy that maybe can get downfield and apply some blocks from some linebackers and safeties too. So I think this is a very key addition to the tight end room, uh, especially a guy that has college experience, uh, unlike the two that they have right now uh, that have, I mean, they played one game fully together. And I mean, or in Haas, uh, and Haas is just a true freshman, too. So this is a big deal for Arkansas. Well, and another thing with your tight end position, I mean, you don't need – you know, you look at the third down conversions and, and defense, you know, letting the defense – allowing the opposition to really just kill you on third down conversions. You have two tight ends where you can go to. You're going to have to play the whole field on defense against Arkansas. You got to, You're going to have yeah. to respect the running game. You're going to have to respect the receivers. You're going to have to respect the running backs coming out of the backfield, and you got to respect yeah. the receiving core altogether. This is in the works of of if they can bring this all together with Enos and Pittman. I mean, they have a concoction to where they can have. I mean, by the time their non conference schedule is over with and they go into SEC play, this could be a huge successful team, and that could get make an eight, seven, eight, nine win season, you know, because we still have to look at this, the schedule, even though it's not as tough as it has been, you're still playing in the SEC. You're still playing in the SEC West, but I love the direction this is going with the depth. We have preached depth, 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 depth for the last four years. I do wish they would get some more linebacker help because you think about Bumper Pool, Grant Morgan, just how they were beat up. You know, you're playing half the season injured, but yet you're still out there playing because there's nobody behind you to pick up the slack. Right. But I really like the direction that they're going with this football team. And, again, getting it all together, 
getting everybody in involved who can bring this thing together and having a fresh start on offense and defense with your coaching staff, everybody's excited. You're getting everybody. You're getting players coming in that's excited. You're getting the coaches that's coming in excited. And you felt like last year was kind of, you know, the pitfall, no pun intended, but, you know, just got stagnant. And it was just like you could see Odom leaving. You could see Riles leaving and just – a breath of fresh air when all this come together and now seeing these four stars, that's showing that the players aren't giving up on this program. They're not giving up on Pittman. So that is the light at the end of the tunnel of you thought when Browse left and Odom left, you're like, what are we going to be left with? And, but they're doing, they ain't missed a beat when it comes to the recruiting. That's all that matters, getting no. these kids in. And we could argue like this is, these guys have recruited better than the predecessors. Kendall Browse and Barry Odom. Yes. Like, well, that's what happens when down. you care about where yeah. you're at. That, I mean, and when you Absolutely. have that hunger to do better, when yeah. you're Enos and you respect Pittman, you're not here just looking for another job or you're not here just to help out and, and, and build a foundation. That's what happens, and this is what we need. And that's what Arkansas – I mean, you give this – I know it's – I'm not saying it's going to be a down year this year because you know what can happen. Look what happened. We didn't expect anything. They won nine games. Right. But you give this core some time and they're recruiting like this without having a full season underneath their belt together, that's what's scary about this. But it comes at a perfect time because next year, OU, I believe it's next year when OU and Texas come yeah, in the league. You're getting a head start. So this is a very, very important year to get these kids in, get everything together because in, in a year or two, some of these kids, these four stars that might come to you might go to Texas and OU just for the fact that they are in the SEC as well. Yeah. The thing is, I think Arkansas is going to be able to capitalize on is for the longest time, OU and Texas have been two programs that can recruit nationally mm-hmm. and, and they don't have to recruit their in-state talent. Yeah. They'll cherry pick who they want, but they don't, I mean, they don't necessarily go after their top dogs in their state, Oklahoma, they recruit California, Florida. I mean, they geographically, they don't care where they're at regionally. Arkansas, you, you you see it now. Like you, when you're when you're in the middle of, I would I basically will say, okay, Arkansas is in the middle of like nowhere. Like there's not any other big time programs right beside you, besides Missouri. So you're traveling. You're you're trying to look and say, okay, the bigger cities. You've got Tulsa to about two hours to uh, to my west. You think about Kansas City. We got to tap into them. Then you think about Dallas, and you think about the state of Louisiana, and now they're creeping into Mississippi, mm-hmm. a place that relatively outside of the JUCO ranks when Houston Nutt was the head coach, Arkansas never really had that much of uh, uh, success recruiting-wise in Mississippi. You bring in Marcus Woodson, and now he's starting to kind of uh, put in some energy there, and Travis Williams, too, who has a footprint in the SEC. People know who he is. Like, these guys have a track record of being successful, whether they're at Auburn, UCF, or uh, Florida State. These guys are known as great recruiters, and now they are they have the ability to say, hey, you look around here, Arkansas has, what, Arkansas has what everybody else has. They have the NIL. You can get paid with the NIL stuff, too. Like, Arkansas has what you can get anywhere else. Maybe even better than most places. And I think that's going to benefit Arkansas in the long run. It's not just about recruiting anymore. It's it's about what other things you can offer, too. And I think that's another thing is with the NIL uh, and having elite recruiters there that are persuading these guys, hey, Arkansas can give you what you need, too. Especially when, you, when, when you're going up against the likes of Alabama and Georgia, Yes. You know, in the recruiting battles. I'm saying when you're dealing with this NIL money and, and the people, the investors and the boosters and the money people in Northwest Arkansas, they, they don't have to be here six months to know what it's like to be in the SEC right. country. So when you're saying, hey, we got this four-star kid, they're, they're more willing to shell out money to a four-star kid or, or, or booster, you know, pay whatever, opposed to a guy coming in. This is no disrespect, but, you know, the guy from Illinois State, you know, I mean – that name does not draw that school. Hey, we got this guy right. from Illinois State. But when you're seeing these guys, every one of them that's come to Arkansas, they've had offers from the big schools. That is what yes. has been the, been the biggest difference in the recruiting because you're like, 
used to it was like, well, this guy was at North Texas and he had SMU and he had Memphis, but he chose Arkansas. I mean, you're going, you're competing against mid-level competition, and now you're getting some of the guys. And you know, don't get let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, but still, you're getting the guys that you couldn't get a year or two ago. Yeah, and you're absolutely right, and that makes it so much cooler to follow recruiting because you're looking at these guys and it's like the Parker Livingstone, a kid that's a wide receiver out of Texas. Like you're, you're competing against schools like, OU, the Ohio States, like, like the Aaron Nolan kid. That's a quarterback uh, out of, uh, out of Georgia. I mean, he could have gone to Georgia, Georgia didn't need offering, but Arkansas, I mean, Arkansas was heavy on him. A&M was heavy on him. Texas was heavy on him. And then all of a sudden Ohio State, you're just like, where do these guys come from? But you're seeing Arkansas in the list, top five list, that you've never seen them yep. in my lifetime while I've recruited or while I've been following recruiting. I've never seen Arkansas in so many top five lists with these big time schools. Again, Used to that be, goes I back. mean, if you could just be in, in one list a year, that'd be, it'd be great. It seems like every single week now, Arkansas is in the top five for somebody. And that means, okay, you're going to get the official visit from a kid. And once you get them to campus, that used to be it. Once you get these guys to campus, you, you, they see Fayetteville in a whole different realm. Exactly. And, and they start taking a little bit more seriously. And Arkansas, they're on that way back up. They People are seeing, okay, Arkansas is that brand again that they that that they were close to being under Brett Bielema. I think that's going to be the biggest, most underrated tool that has happened, the new rule of the unlimited visits. Because yes. – all you got to do is get them on campus. You're not going to get everybody. Right. But there's some guys. And because and that's where Arkansas separates itself from a lot of other schools. And, and per se, let's, let's just throw Tennessee out there. You're bringing a big-time recruit into Tennessee. And, hey, let's go to the baseball game. And there's four or 5,000 people. Hey, let's go to Bud Walton Arena, and there's 19 too. Hey, let's go to Bud or Bomb Stadium, and there's 10, 11,000. Hey, let's go over to the softball park and they're selling out. Let's go to this football spring game and, you know, you see the atmosphere. All it takes, you're getting year-round success, and that's what happens when you have all these spring sports doing well. Hey, let's go over the track and field program, and, oh, by the way, that 49 represents how many national championships they got. You've got so much, and that's not even – that's just the campus – then we're like, oh, we got Tyson, we got Walmart, we got J.B. Hunt, we got the Jones Trucking line. You know, you've got all this money here. Now we can get into it. And you got the flagship program. Uh, you got the Arkansas One program. If I might have mispronunciated the name, but where they come in and they help the kids get the NIL. There's so many tools here. You get them on campus. You get kids talking. They're like, hey, man, where are you going? I'm going to Arkansas. I want to make a difference. Because not only are you getting these big-time kids in, they're going to come in and they're going to be able to play. They're going to be able to come play Absolutely. right away and compete. They're not going to have to sit. And the time the era we're in right now, that's the most important thing to these kids. They want to come in and play in the SEC right now. Absolutely. And the, and the cool thing is about this deal is we've seen where Arkansas, like during the year under Chad Morris, we had that really good recruiting class. And Arkansas hovered around 10, 12, 15 or so for a while before we ended up falling like 20, 30. Sam Pittman, his recruiting every single year has gotten better. He had the 29th overall rate recruited class his first year, which was absolutely mind-blowing because he was hired with like 10 days left in the recruiting cycle in an early uh, signing period to go and sign these kids. Then he goes to 25th. Then he goes to 22nd. Then this past season, 21st. Right now they're sitting at number 11 in the country, and it's not as early as – the success that they had last year's class when last year's class was sitting around two to three in the month of February of, of 2021 or 2022. Now it's here we are almost to 2024 and this class is sitting at number 11. Like you, like you're closing in on having one of the best, maybe the best recruiting class ever in the country. You're sitting right now at number 11 uh, I don't know exactly where that sits, Arkansas, and the SEC probably number uh, number five or number six, but sitting at number eleven with with seven four stars, and then you have multiple five stars that are maybe coming to back to visit. You have plenty of four stars left that you're hot on the trails for. Like 
Arkansas is just right there to sign in the best class. And then you're already seeing the success that Pittman's had in the portal. Like this is making this is this start should start generating some excitement if they can if they can can keep this recruiting success on par with the with the product they're putting on the field this year and they can win eight to nine games and say, hey, we're continuing to get better. I think Arkansas they could shock some people over the next couple of years, especially with the expansion of the SEC. Biggest thing I just thought of too. And this is kind of a dig at Kendall Bryles, and, and and it's not. I'm not doing this to troll. This is just facts. How I see it, you know how awesome it is for a guy like Enos to go into a locker room or go into a, a living room or talk to a recruit and tell him exactly what he knows he wants to do. He can go to a recruit and say, "This is exactly what I want of you, or what I'm going to do with you." Because Kendall Bryles didn't know what the hell he was doing. I mean, you, you know, he he dug himself a hole and he was trying to get out of it. And these trick plays and. You know, he never really could seem like he could really focus on a game plan on what he wanted to do. And he wanted full reins, but he couldn't even – he couldn't contr- make a full game plan. And in the SEC, you can't do that. You can't do that fourth and goal play or whatever with your tight end where you know he's going to run it. You can't – the defenses in the SEC are too smart. The de- With all these analysts, and you can have unlimited coaches to sit there and analyze each position – you, you can't do that. You've got a guy coming in, mature guy, that wants to come in, and he knows exactly what he wants out of his offense. And everywhere he's went, he's made that offense better. And now I know we, ha- we had, when he first came, everybody's refuting the stuff at Maryland. But you've got to realize Maryland is almost like Arkansas playing in the Big East. I mean, Maryland is an East Coast school playing in the Big Ten. It's way out. You know, West Virginia playing in the Big 12. So you're trying to recruit – in Maryland, to get a kid, you're going to play majority of your home games in Maryland, but yet you're playing all over the Midwest. It, it's hard to do that. So you got to cut the guy some slack. And Maryland's never been one of them chess-beater programs that, you know, it's like Rutgers and Maryland or, you know, sometimes Northwestern's done good. You know, you're looking at those programs like a Purdue. So what he's done there, I mean, I have no – especially here in the SEC and what he's already doing with the recruiting and what he's going to do with K.J. Jefferson, I'm excited. This is going to be the most excited I've been for a season because, to me, it's more than just hope. I really think that they are going to progress, and they're going to surprise one or two teams this, this upcoming year. They're going, they're, I mean, one yeah. or two. They're going to surprise somebody where they're an underdog, and they're going to beat them by you know a touchdown or – 10, 14 points, and and they're going to make a name, and I think they're going to have a repeat of two years ago. It might not be nine or ten wins, but they're going to have a repeat of where people are going to respect that other team when they play them. I mean, Alabama, they're going to respect Arkansas when they play them and legitimately respect that when they line up for Arkansas, they're going to be like, look, they're here for a war. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking really hard at the LSU game week four because you're going on the road there after playing the Western Carolina and Little Rock and you're playing uh, somebody else to open the season in Fayetteville and you have BYU there week three and then you have LSU. LSU week one has to play uh, against Florida State and Orlando. That's going to be a tough game for them. We're going to find out exactly how good or, or, uh, or how good either of those teams really are. I'm really focusing in on where is Arkansas at week four? Because Arkansas, I mean, yeah, I think they can be 3-0 coming out of that. They're going to be focused. And then they're going to have to go to Texas A&M. Then they're going to have to go to uh, uh, Ole Miss. Then they're going to have to go to Alabama before coming back home. That's four games in a row away from Fayetteville. And then you get Mississippi State uh, uh, at home and for one game, and then you're going back to Florida on the road. Like, it's just – it's going to be tough in that four-game stretch on the road. Where is Arkansas's head going to be at? Because you know LSU's either going to be really physical or they're going to be like, I don't really know. Like, I, are they going to be improved under Jaden Daniels next the next this coming season? Are they going to be as dangerous as what we think they're going to be? Or are they going to have a down year and disappoint? That is a Big time matchup in Baton Rouge Week Four that I'm really anticipating seeing because I know I'm not trying to pump pump everybody up or try to get them to drink the Kool Aid just of off of because I was completely wrong of what kind of season they were going to have last year. 
But I think they, I think an eight to nine win season is within expectations, especially with the with the uh, members of the offense you have coming back, uh, and and some of the defensive philosophies that I think Woodson and and Travis Williams are going to bring to Arkansas this year. I think it's going to be different. I think there's going to be more energy there, energy focused. And I, I loved, and this is what I'm going to finish on before going back to you. I love what Travis Williams said a couple of weeks ago during spring practice. He says, I don't want you guys to play so, to, to have your mind so set on not messing up. Play free. And, and then uh, basically everything else would come together. Play free. Stop playing and playing and playing with technique, making sure you don't mess up the technique. Play free. Play with your mind because your mind is what's going to help you. And yeah. I think that's what I, – I think there was so much of a focus on Ben don't break in under Barry Odom, but this is more of a renewed focus under Travis Williams and Coach Woodson. I think it had to do with execution. There was, there was no halftime adjustments. There was no belief in the right. team. And you could just see it all fall apart on the offensive side and the defensive side. I think it was all emotions. I think it was that, and you had half your team hurt – you lost yeah. Catalan at the beginning of the season. You know, Bumper Pool was the way he was, and he was hurt and trying to give it his all and just all that eternal. And then you you just think about it when everybody's frustrated and you just see the wheels falling off. Everybody turns on each other. It's just emotions. It's not like they really hate right. each other. It's just the way we are. And when you get that belief and you get, like you said, go out there and have fun. Let's go have fun, execute and everything will fall into place. And I agree with everything you said about the LSU game because Arkansas has always played them tough. Now, if you would flip-flop and say Texas A&M, I would totally disagree with you because Texas A&M and Missouri, we have to win those games. Because if you want to move forward in this program, you've got to stop letting these teams – and I don't respect Texas A&M. I know they've had our number. I know Missouri's had our number. But I don't respect either one of those programs because I know – it, and we throw the records out. I know Arkansas is better than them. You, you, I mean, Jimbo's got all the money in the world, and, and they go three and what three and seven last year. For I mean, what what they finished? The they year? were three and five and uh, three, three and five, five in the SEC. Three and I five. think five and seven overall. Yeah, and and Missouri's the same way. But it's like it's that pesky gnat that always finds, or it's like the tortoise and the hare. You know you're going to beat them in a race, but then they always find up in end up beating you at the finish line. And you, but you have to win those games. I think those are two must-win games, and you, I think the Mississippi State game is a must-win as well, because you know you're, it's going to be a hard-fought battle against Alabama. It's going to be a hard-fought battle at Florida. You, we don't even need to go there with the refing situation and and all that stuff. But you get Auburn at home, Mississippi State at home, and then you get BYU, Kent State, Western Carolina. But it, this this season builds up. I mean, because you've got a decent game. You know BYU is going to come in ready to play. But with so much uncertainty going in the SEC with the quarterback situation, you don't have Levis. You don't have – does Mississippi State still have Rodgers? Does he still – Yeah, okay. they do. But so they, they are switching offenses too. Okay. And uh, I was I was watching some of the spring game for State, and they don't – I mean, right now they don't look comfortable as far as the offensive philosophy switch. But I'm sure Will Rogers is an experienced SEC quarterback, or it could end up being like the uh, Casey Dick from Houston Nut to Bobby Petrino, where you know it was a lot of trial and error there too. Well, and even Alabama's got the new quarterback. You, I mean, he he torched just on the run. He didn't torch us yeah. passing the ball. He torched us running. So I mean, you got a defensive coordinator that can sure up that run and make him pass. I mean, you have a chance to. I mean, shut him down. Now you've got to score on their defense, you know. But it's still. Yeah. I really think that if Arkansas can, you know, beat LSU at LSU and beat Texas A&M, it's going to have the reverse situation of what happened last year of just things falling apart. You get those two wins in a row, and you're 2-0 and going into Ole Miss. I mean, anything can happen, and I think that's what this team needs with the belief, and then you get the results. That could be a huge game changer for the – I mean, what could be the turnout for a great season for Arkansas? Yeah, and I like what Sam has said too. He said the the energy and the uh, emotions, emotional state in the locker room matches kind of what the 2021 team had. Whether that has any kind of uh, uh, deal bleeding over into this season or not, it is encouraging to see from from a coach's standpoint that says 
okay, I kind of feel better about the makeup of my roster right now and where they're at in their minds, uh, whether or not we're going to be a successful program this season. So it, it is really encouraging to have your quarterback uh, returning. Uh, if you if you haven't gone to hogcountry.com, uh, there's an article about Cole Kubelik uh, and he, uh, what his uh, uh, thoughts were on the spring game uh, going over from uh, from the Cal- uh, Kendall Browse to the Dan Enos uh, situation there. Uh, you can check that out. I think there's a video link to that uh, with his podcast, the, the Cube Show. I love Cole. I love Cole Kubelik. He's a he's a really good uh, really good guy. Uh, anyways, but uh, but yeah, there there seems to be a positivity there in that locker room right now that that cannot be mirrored. And I think that that Arkansas is going to continue going through this summer fighting. And you're bringing back your quarterback. You're bringing back your running backs. You you saw flashes of capability at wide receiver. I think defensive backs is going to be the biggest question because they were the worst team at one point in all of college football, whether it's D1, D2, D3, and AIA. They were they, they were the worst pass defense in the country. And how are they going to be able to flip that with the uh, roster additions and the guys they have coming back to? So there's a lot of things to uh, keep your eye on uh, going into uh, the summer workouts and stuff. But I'm really feeling good about uh, the mental state and the physical state of where this Razorback uh, team is right now. Yeah, and we'll discuss this more after the break. We'll come back here in a quick, short, brief moment after a word from our sponsors, and we'll continue the conversation. If you got any questions for us or comments, drop them in the comments, questions, and we'll be sure to answer them when we come back after the break. At Fordham Lee Distillery, our bourbons look as amazing as they taste. A delicious, high-rye bourbon aged over six years. Fordham Lee is a company founded on the principles of great folks and spirits worth remembering. Look for Fordham Lee brands at Walk-Ons, Liquor World, Busters, and soon everywhere in Northwest Arkansas that serves fine spirits. Fordham Lee Bourbon says please drink responsibly. 21 means 21. Fordham Lee Distillery, blended and bottled in Middletown, Maryland. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk Podcast. It's a brief word from our sponsors, Arkansas Brewing Company. If you're looking for a place for a cold drink and some delicious food in Ozark, Arkansas, look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company and Restaurant. Located at 201 South 1st Street, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets apart from our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff at Arkansas Brewing Company and Restaurant, you'll always feel like the part of the family. Visit us today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Come for the drinks and stay for the friends. Jacob, give us a word from our sponsors at Amigo Provisions Company. Yeah, Amiga Provisions Company. They uh, you can catch all their stuff at amigoprovisions.com. Uh, you can get their five star Frio Razorback uh, camo shirt and hat. Uh, their lightweight Frio Tech shirts are just as cool as they are comfortable. Wear this for a quick afternoon fish out on the out on the lake, or go and take it uh, and wear it to the tailgate on opening day. Uh, it feels uh, the best best way to wear it is when it's between 60 and 95 degrees. They say, I like mine. Go get yours. It's soft weight material, button-down collar, side and arm ventilations to keep your armpits cool. No shrink, no drying, or, or fast drying. And they're also officially licensed by the University of Arkansas. Get it today, amigoprovisions.com. 
And we, and we come back to a response or a comment from Brady Burke. Recruiting is looking as solid as I can ever remember. I mean, yes. I mean, if you want to look at the circumstances of how the season ended to where we are, I mean, they've knocked it out of the water. I mean, when it comes to recruiting and what they've been able to do with Shoring up what you need to do on defense because I'm telling you, you get, you can have the running backs and the receivers and the quarterbacks, but you got to be able to stop people. And I think when you didn't have the depth and then you're trying to run that three four set, and then people are just picking you apart in the zone, and then you, you know you look at the Alabama game and, and the backup quarterback Milrow just comes right and just gashes you like you couldn't ever stop a a zone read. When hello, that's what you go up against in practice every day with KJ Jefferson. You would think, with a style of offense like that, that you'd have been able to stop a, a similar style. But that just shows you the talent, and that shows you the depth, and that just shows you what separates Alabama, you know, and Georgia. Because we can say that now with Alabama and Georgia and the rest of the SEC. Absolutely. Uh, you you think about uh, you talking about the transfers and what they've added defensively. You get a uh, Anthony Booker, uh, aka Tank, 6'4", 320 pounds, out of the portal. He's from Maryland. You get Trajan Jeffcoat, who says Fayetteville man has the best uh, uh, college atmosphere of any town in the country. He comes over from Missouri. He was a former All SEC performer. Uh, his sophomore season, edge rusher, six four two seventy. You think about how much they struggled defensively stopping the pass. You go get Jaheim Singletary a former five-star defensive back, uh, and he came from Georgia. You get get Alfareen Walcott, a safety out of Baylor, six-foot-two, 219 pounds, big, rangy guy. Uh, I forgot to add Singletary's height there. He's six-foot-two, 185 pounds. You add Lorando Snacks Johnson, a cornerback out of Baylor, 5'11", 181. You add – he was a former four-star, a former – uh, all, all American Athletic Conference linebacker Antonio Greer out of South Florida. Yeah, South Florida. They don't really. They, I mean, they're not known for being uh, a great football program outside of those uh, 06, 07, 08 teams. But hey, that's okay because he was he was a uh, all conference defender. You get John Morgan, edge rusher, transfer 6'2", 240 pounds out of Pitt. You know how good they were last year, and I mean. Look, dude, like you're you're going and shoring up depth there at every single position of need. And, and they're continually, whether it's a transfer portal or in high school recruiting, they're adding guys not just for depth, but but guys that are going to be able to to be impact defenders right away. And that's what's important right now as far as Arkansas football is going in recruiting. Uh Brady says uh, an outlook for old line. And then Randy Milliken says better recruiting eventually will translate. Better recruiting will translate. I think uh, both of us are yeah, uh, clicking on it at the same time. Sorry. Uh, but it will translate into more success. Yes. Well, that, that in all, that is the uh, main focus here. I don't think it's, it's eventually it will. I mean, you, you yeah. get better recruiting and you get these kids. And that's, again, that's where this NIL and the transfer portal is made. You know, last year, look at the two guys that in the SEC who were complaining the most about it, Jimbo and, and Nick. Because that's they don't want other teams to get their players and get other players and, and kind of make everything fair. They want to be the Kings. Yeah. And I don't even know why we're saying A&M's the Kings, but when it, when it comes to recruiting, A&M's been able – but that just shows you, and I was wondering, you know, how long is that going to last that year after year after year? And it's funny, you had tweeted something out before the show about all this talk and no success, and you look at Texas a and you, you can look at Arkansas, I'm not going to lie, going to piss a lot of people off, but you can look at Arkansas being that same thing, how passionate and how you know, Arkansas is about their teams, and but – the lack of championships when it comes to the football and basketball program compared to how much and how passionate the fan base is, you can kind of put yourself in that same situation. But Texas A&M don't have anything. You know, they, they've not done anything when it comes to the national landscape. They're trying to bark up the same tree with with uh, our, our Alabama and Georgia, and they just they don't have the success to 
bark up that tree. Yeah, and they had that one season where they could have gone and, and got to that upper echelon of, of college football tiers, and that was the 2020 season when they went nine or eight and two, nine and one, something like that. But I mean, they, I mean, they were that close, but I mean, it's one year. And, and you think about the, the issues they had with, with the fellow that was before them. Uh, I, his name is escaping me right now. Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin, who was Sum- head coach? Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin. Yeah. He, yeah. He had all the success down in Houston goes, goes to Texas A&M and has a Heisman winner. Well, it gets fired for, you know, and, and and brings in Jimbo Fisher over from Florida State, and he's he's won the same amount of games as Kevin Sumlin did the whole entire time. I mean, it's just it's crazy to me that A and M you know just throws all money out the door. But you know, I don't know exactly what's going on behind closed doors there. But you know, they're not content with continually going eight and four in the SEC, paying seven or eight nine million dollars, however much they're paying Jimbo Fisher. But our, I mean, man, going back to Arkansas, yeah, they can. They they like to dish it, but they like to dish it out to uh, to to Missouri the most. But one of the biggest things that I was surprised with was SEC Mike, and we're gonna have a we're gonna have him on the show in a couple of weeks. I reached out to him uh, and uh, trying to get him on probably close to uh, the middle of May. But he he went out and did a stadium ranking, and Arkansas was number twelve uh, as far as like most feared atmosphere. I, I and we know that Arkansas is one of the loudest places to play. I agree. But Arkansas is eleven and twenty-five over the past ten years at home in the SEC. That is just completely insane. And six of those wins have come over the past three seasons with Sam Pittman. That shows you how down Arkansas has been, and and how bad we shouldn't be talking crap. Well, I, it was misconstrued. <laughs> with, uh, it was it, a lot of the fans took it the wrong way. They're talking. They they want to. Arkansas has one of the best atmospheres. You you can't. That, that's undeniable. Arkansas has that. one of the best, but. When it's saying toughest places to play, Arkansas fans, you, you've got to pump the brakes. You can't let North Texas beat you. You can't let Western Kentucky come in and beat you. You know, you can't let these teams like Toledo come in. Liberty. And Liberty beat you, yeah. and you say you're a toughest place in the SEC. You can't have the SEC record that you have and say that, well, why aren't we the toughest? Because – Let's compare it to the K.J. Jefferson deal when he was ranked as the 12th or 13th best quarterback in the SEC. You can make an argument of how much success he's had and where he's grown as a quarterback because the results are there. But you can't sit there and say that teams come in fearing to play Arkansas in football when you're watching the North Texas game and, like I said, the Liberty game and you're playing – BYU out in, out in Utah, tough, but yet when you come into Arkansas, what, I don't need – I'll have to set, pull up the winning, like you said, what would you say, 11 and 25? 11 and 25 over the past 10 years in the SEC for home games alone. That's horrible. That I mean, that's, that, yeah. that's horrible. And you should have a better win – because you're talking about when you play these non-cons, a lot of them you're playing three or four of them at home. You should have those in the bag. If you're yeah. going to be one of the toughest places to play and be a tough uh, – uh, when you're talking about being a competitor in the SEC, you should have four games where you're like, we got those. Yeah. that That's where you want to be because you need to win two SEC games to be a bowl eligible, but you need to win three or four more if you're going to start talking about competing in the middle of the top of the – you need to be to the point where you should be comfortably finishing third – or fourth in the SEC West every single year, sometimes threatening with the two or one yeah. spot. You need to. Yeah. And and Arkansas, I mean, they I mean, we've seen where Sam Bim has brought this this program out. And that's what's what's crazy to me is out of those like, eleven wins, six of those have come under Sam Pittman. And and that's basically those that stadium ranking was basically just on SEC teams alone. It does not count anything towards non conference or anything like that, because those are gimmies, usually gimme games. But 11 and 25, you think about that for a little bit. That counts Ole Miss last season. That's uh, uh, Mississippi State from uh, two seasons ago. That also counts the Tennessee uh, game, Ole Miss game, and Missouri game from uh, a season ago. So those are your six uh, conference wins. You look at it this year. You 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 already lose a non or you lose a conference game to Jerry's World, which probably is this is probably gonna be the last game in Jerry's World that I'm anticipating. 
before the games will go back to uh, home at home series. Uh, but but you, you think about that, you get three games at home this year. You get Missouri, you get a or you get Missouri, you get you Mississippi State, and then you get Auburn all at home. Two of those teams are starting with starting completely over uh, with coaching staffs, and then you get uh, Missouri at home, who's had your freaking number for whatever reason for the better part of a decade. Uh, but Arkansas should be able to compete with those guys at home this season. They should be able to run away from them at home this season. That just gives the Arkansas roster up and down. You look at the facilities, up and down, Arkansas is a better program than Missouri. There is no excuse for Arkansas to continually lose to a bottom feeder program that looks like they play in the middle of a high school stadium every single season. I mean, Arkansas, I mean, Arkansas loses these dudes. Yeah, I don't get it. I hate it. I'm tired of it. But I think Arkansas is a better program than them, and they should have no business losing to Missouri as many times as they do. Well, and it's like we talked about the LSU. I'm sure LSU feels the same way about Arkansas as we do Missouri. They're like, how are these yeah. guys hanging with us? It's just when a team has your number, they have your number. And and until the, the momentum changes, it's, it's going to be yeah. that way. I mean, Arkansas seriously is going to have to win three in a row for this thing to start turning around. I mean, you – you can't just win one time yeah. and then be like, okay, we got their number. You got to do this two or three years in a row to where this is like, okay, enough's enough. We've got the upper right. hand. We're ready to compete. But we don't know what's going to happen with this new alliance or pods or divisions. We don't know what the schedule is going to be like moving forward when Texas and OU come into the play. We, yeah. we don't know who they're. Ross. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, we don't know who Ross their Dillon. opponents are going to be. Right. Yeah, Ross Ross Dellinger from uh, Sports Illustrated, he kind of leaked out a little bit of stuff as far as like the permanent rivals. I think it was for Arkansas, it was Missouri, Texas, and Ole Miss. And that's good. That that's favorable. Now it, it really yeah. sucks when it comes to the LSU game. And this is what I don't and but this is where that eleven and twenty five comes into play. You know, they already took the Thanksgiving game away from Arkansas and LSU. Now they're thinking about completely taking Arkansas and LSU away from the permanent schedule. That just shows you you need to start – if you want what you want in the SEC, you've got to start producing, especially when it comes to football. Yeah. You can't sit there and be like, we're 11 and 25, and then all of a sudden, why are we getting these schedules? Why are we getting noon games? Why are we getting 11 o'clock games? Why can't we start winning? You've got to start winning, and yep. you can't creep into a bowl game and then be like, well, okay, we're ready to go next year. You've got, you got to start beating the teams like Georgia Southern and UAPB. You've, you've got to beat those teams, like you said, 45-10, 45-3. That's what you need to be doing to those teams like Western Carolina and Kent State. You can't let a team like San Jose State come in and beat you. Western Kentucky beat you. Liberty beat you. If you want to be yeah. taken seriously, you've got to beat these teams seriously. You can't. BYU game should be a 10 to 14, 17 point game. You you can't toy with these guys anymore. No. That's the thing. Like, you, it's kind of like the group of five teams. Like, you remember when Boise State went on their run with uh, with their coach yep. uh, before Washington, we went to Washington? Peterson. Like, they had to pass a certain eye test to stay ranked in the top 10 or top five of the BCS polls. They had to completely annihilate the competition. Like they had to go out and beat the Hawaii's of the world seventy to nothing. They had to go beat the Wyoming's like fifty six to ten each week. They had to have a chip on their shoulder, and that's the thing with Arkansas this year. Like Sam Pittman and all them has no. You, you look back at the twenty twenty one season and you saw the success and how you blew out Texas, you blew out Georgia Southern, you, you blew out Texas A and M. That should be every single week if you want to be continued to uh, be taken seriously and want to uh, resurrect uh, resurrect from the ashes of what was the past decade. Arkansas is going to have to come out and say, "Okay, we've got to beat the Kent States. We've got to beat the Western Carolinas by sixty. We got to beat the Kent State by forty or fifty. We got to go out there and and beat BYU, like you said, by seventeen, at least seventeen at home." Because you're an SEC program. You're more superior. They're, they are not in the uh, Big 12 yet. Well, they're going to the Big 12 this season. But you, you've, got to, you've got to beat these guys within an inch of their lives. Yeah. You've got to go and beat the Florida Internationals that you're playing the week before Missouri. You've got to stay focused. It's a grind. And, and that's the thing. Like, like 
where is Arkansas's minds going to be at? Or and we we talk about that very often throughout games. Like when when you're up fourteen nothing or seventeen nothing against Texas A and M, like you were in Jerry's World this past year, you got to say, hey, keep it, keep the gas pedal down on the floor, keep the keep it on their throats, and and go out there and win. And and and, and I want to see what kind of focus they're where they're at this year. Uh, are they going to have the uh, the uh, killer instinct to go out there and win these games. Well, most important thing, and this is something we ain't even mentioned yet, you need to take care of Western Carolina, Kent State, and BYU at halftime. Because yeah. what do we preach? Depth. If you're going to get depth and you're going to de- develop depth, there's no better way in game play. You need to take care of each three of those, t- at least the first two, by halftime and get the second string in, get them developed, get some depth moving, and then do the same. Try to do the same thing BYU because I'm telling you right now, you don't do that, and you're squeaking out wins against Western Carolina, Kent State, and BYU. When it comes to that gauntlet of at Ole Miss, at Alabama, Mississippi State, at Florida, you're you're not going to have enough to play Auburn, Florida, International, Missouri. And guess what? You're probably going to get beat by Missouri because you're so beat and torn up, and that's what's happened. You get these suckers at the end of the year when you're depleted and you're beaten and you're tore up from the gauntlet that you've went through Missouri don't have that they play in the east and I'm sorry but I mean yes I know South Carolina is emerging as a as a great team but you pretty much got Georgia and that's it Kentucky had their one flash season but even Missouri does not have a Tennessee yeah they had a great year last year but I mean it's this flash in the pans it's not a year after year grind where you're having to go through a Georgia Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M gauntlet, and then you're throwing in the Mississippi st- State or the Mississippi schools that want to tear you up. The Auburn, you know, you're getting games every week of teams that want to, you know, that their talent and their depth is better than yours. And then, again, like you got Missouri that plays in the East. The, the Florida's down. Kentucky's down. Vanderbilt. You know, you have Carolina on, you know, up and coming. You know, it's it's just there's a totally different schedule and and, and mindset yeah. when you're playing in the East and when you're playing in the West. Yeah, sometimes I wish Arkansas played in the East. There were some times where Arkansas would have yeah. won the uh, SEC Eastern Division if they played there in 2010 and 2011 and gone to Atlanta. They could have been in Atlanta multiple times, more than three. And so that's uh, man, that's just. It's crazy what Arkansas has to fight through each season. And, I mean, if things fall right, if Alabama doesn't go out and get a transfer portal quarterback, the SEC West is going to be wide open again. Well, we'll look at this for, for instance. You, you look at Missouri's football schedule. you got to play South Dakota, Middle Tennessee, Kansas State, Memphis, Vanderbilt. Then you play LSU. Okay. Then you got Kentucky. Then you got South Carolina, which they're up and coming, but they're not like the world beater. Then you got Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida and Arkansas. I mean, the back end, the back end is heavy, but yet you're not playing Alabama. You're not playing Ole Miss. You're not playing Auburn, Texas A&M, back to back to back to back. To back and then you're going into the heart of your schedule. You're getting to play South Dakota, Middle Tennessee, Kansas State, Memphis, and then Vanderbilt. You don't have a tough matchup really until October. I mean that's that's a huge difference when when you look at schedules yeah. and and look at the schedule of an East team compared to what a, a team like Arkansas has to go through playing in the West. Yeah, and 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 that's kind of like what Ole Miss had to face this year. They started seven and zero. For goodness sakes, everybody's like, man, they're a top five team in the country. And then the moment they played a team that was worth a dang, they got out there and got their butts handed to them. And and that's the thing with Arkansas is where where are they going to be at after this non-conference slate? Where are they going to be at week four when they go and play LSU on the road? Where's LSU going to be? Because like I said earlier, they're playing Florida State to open the season. Heck, they could be two and one. They could be two and two in week four and totally out of the college football playoff race already with two losses. That's what's crazy about uh, their start to the season. But I want to see where Arkansas is. I think week four, you truly find out where Arkansas is going to be at for that season when you start going to Baton Rouge uh, that week. And that's the thing in the time. 
they, they don't have a time set for that game. That's going to be a big difference of night hope, game. Would you know, be awesome. if, if that's well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you want to go down to Baton. <laughs> I mean, being dead serious, right. this is doing nothing. Oh, yeah, I know. No disrespect to Arkansas. Uh, you want them at noon. You want them at even at two thirty. But it's just something about that six o'clock game that those yeah. guys down there are ready to go. You know. But it, yeah. it all depends on what other games are that week, what's going on, and how good Arkansas is. But if both teams are undefeated coming into that, they have a chance to get in that 230 slot. Well, I don't know. You know, they don't have the CBS slot anymore. So, uh, they may they may have like a maybe a 3 o'clock game at ESPN yeah. or, or something on the SEC Network. But I think if both teams are undefeated at that point in the season, I think that definitely gets you either a uh, – a late afternoon kickoff, or maybe a eight o'clock kick at a uh, on the SEC network. It just depends on uh, where you're at. But man, that 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 to me is where is LSU going to be? Because I don't think Jaden Daniels, unless he completely progressed from last year, and we know how much he struggled against Arkansas. And I know that I mean, if Arkansas had KJ Jefferson, they probably won that game last year. That was that thirteen to ten loss in Fayetteville, but. We, how far has Jaden Daniels progressed? That's the that's the number one deal there. And is LSU's defense back to the standard that they were like in the less miles years or the Ed Orgeron, uh, early Ed Orgeron years where they are feisty? That's the question there because I think if, if Arkansas is going to have success, they're going to have to have success being able to run the ball and, and use, the, use the passing game. Is K.J. Jefferson going to be able to exploit the middle of the defense? Too, because you know how good LSU is with linebackers and defensive backs. Where's LSU defense going to be? That's, I think that's going to be a good question to ask uh, Blake Rafino yeah. uh, during LSU week. I can't wait to have him on. But there's so much looking forward to. There's so many unknowns going into this season, uh, especially with Arkansas and all the uh, different uh, uh, bits and pieces that they have. And then you look at LSU, are they going to be able to uh, go above the expectations that they set for themselves this past year. They stay exceeded, far exceeded the expectations going to Atlanta. So, where are they going to be at? Well, and I think I think this year Arkansas needs to focus on Arkansas. This yeah. is a proving year. I think Arkansas fans need to worry about Arkansas. I, I think this is that year where we have a reset. We have a mental reset. All right, let, let's not have expectations of this year. Let's not – Go into this year expecting nine to ten wins. We we would love for Arkansas to get nine to ten wins. Let's get back to a, a seven and six season without a bowl game. Let's get to an eight and four season without a bowl game. Let's get back to the, like I said, where we're respected in the SEC and we can see that the future is promising. You know that's where we need to get. And yes, we're looking at the LSU game as that first game at LSU, but also we we need to handle Western Carolina, Kent State, and BYU just like it was the LSU game because I'm telling you, building that depth, but building that confidence and being in that game. And, again, look how many new guys we got coming in. You know, you yeah. got KJ and the running backs, but look how many new receivers there are. And you're talking about the tight ends. Again, we bring up the tight end position because, again, picking up blitzes, slipping out of the blitz when they're rushing three-man front or a four-man front and you slip one of them receivers out. If they can catch the pass in the flat or they run a little slant, and you now have to respect that, teams are going to be less likely to blitz because now we have to respect the tight end position at another level. Not saying that they're just going to stop blitzing altogether, but I'm talking about respect. When we respect in all three assets of the game, four, that you can, you know, you're running a balanced running quarterback, you've got running backs and receivers and tight ends. Uh, that's going to change how defensive schemed against Arkansas. It's going to change how yep. when you go in at halftime, well, we know they're going to do this in the second half. Let's change up our plans. Arkansas doesn't change, and then you get beat in the second half. I mean, that, there's a lot going into this season that can be positive for Arkansas, but they have to be business-like this year. Go out and have fun, yeah. but be, like, like prepare business-like. Be like, a, be like a mullet. You want your business in the front. Preparation up to the weekend, then go have fun on the weekend. Go have fun in the game and execute. That's the way it should be. Yep. Yeah. I think Arkansas needs to focus on, I mean, themselves, obviously, but getting back to what they were from 1998 to 2011. Mm-hmm. I think they need to focus more on that because that's what, what Kentucky is now in the East. 
is what Arkansas used to be back from 98 to 2011. A team that, yeah, they're going to be good for about seven, eight wins a year, creep up and win 10 or 11 games every maybe four to five years. I think that's where Arkansas can still get back to that. And and I think we saw that happen in 2021 when they far exceeded expectations, when they are considered the underdog, when they when people were looking over them. That's when Arkansas has been the best in the SEC is when people count them out. And I think Sam Pittman knows that. I think Sam Pittman has that 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 chip on his shoulder saying, hey, we know who we are. We're Arkansas. And that that's the biggest thing. Sam Pittman gets it. And he knows how to tap into that, hey, we're the underdog role. And, and we need to capitalize on that. They're not expecting us to win it. They're not expecting us to stay in the game. But Sam Pittman knows how to get the most out of his guys. He's proven that. He's he's shown that he can get uh, get SEC wins out of a team that hadn't won one in three seasons, and then continue on the success. So I think Arkansas's they got the right man for the job. He's got coaches all around him that are energized and ready to prove themselves. And I'm really optimistic to see what Arkansas does in 2023. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You're talking about Kentucky, and again, it's like it's just got me looking at their schedules and seeing. Like what? What Arkansas has to go through schedule-wise, and look what other teams that we compare yeah. Arkansas to. Kentucky plays Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, Vanderbilt, Florida. I mean, that's their first five games. You know, and you wonder why they're four and zero and five and zero every time. And then they play Georgia. Then they got Missouri, Tennessee. Then they play Mississippi State, Alabama, Carolina, and Louisville. So I mean, you're looking one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight. They should win eight games next year. Seven, eight wins because of the schedule. I'm, I'm dropping. A, you know, you got South Carolina. Drop South Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia. There's four games right there that they should lose. But I mean, it just shows you just how much tougher it is when you're looking at these schedules on the western on, on side, the eastern side compared to the west on what we they have yeah. to go through. I mean, it, it's insane. And we'll. I mean, this summer we'll break down you know, schedules and teams, and we'll really start having people from other SEC schools to outlook their season. You know, it's really going to be a fun summer. We're going to have a lot of good guests and stuff like that. And I, we didn't even get to the baseball sweep, but I'm sure baseball fans are so upset about, the, you know, the, the first sweep. I think it was since 2018. Since 2018. Believe, 2018. Yeah. So, um, look, we, like we said, baseball is that quirky sport, man. And, and we do this to basketball. You do this to – I mean, we talk about the you – know, when Arkansas was having their down years, but you do the same thing in the basketball program when they go on a three-game rough stretch. Oh, the sky's falling in, and here we are on the Sweet 16. You know, you're dealing with Arkansas and a team, yeah, they lost to the worst team in the East. It, it sucks. You shouldn't drop that series, and I think we even stated that last week. You can't go into this series overlooking Georgia because anything can happen. Now, I didn't think they would lose the series, much less a sweep. But it's Arkansas. Dave Van Horn's got this thing under control. You just come off a daggum sweep of Tennessee, and then you drop. That's just how baseball is, you know, and you move on. And that's what makes Arkansas Arkansas is because Dave Van Horn's got his team where they'll shake it off, they'll move on, and they'll play out the rest of the year. So, I mean, it's still young, still got plenty of baseball left to play. But, you know, it's just getting some players back that were hurt, getting your pitching rotation lined up. And, you know, what happens when you don't have that pitching depth in your starting lineup and they start getting touched up and you're now you're having to dip into your bullpen. It's almost like your starting quarterback goes out early in the first quarter, second quarter. Your whole game plan of that whole, not just that game in football, your whole weekend could get possibly screwed up in the first game when you start dipping into these pitching rotations that you're not used to. So, again, that's just how how it goes. Everybody has the right to be upset when when Arkansas drops the series and and gets swept because that's not the Arkansas way. But, again, taking it to the extreme and saying the sky's falling in and here you you watch and they end up in Omaha again, you're like, all that for nothing. It's just, like I said – Dave Anhorn's done it too many times for you to sit there and doubt him and doubt this team. The recruiting's on point. They haven't lost anything in recruiting. So it's just time to be, you know, be patient, give the dude some slack, give the team some slack because they're dealing with a lot of injuries and stuff. And, you know, they don't have that 
senior leadership that they're used to having, it, it's it's a new brand new year for this team, and you just gotta like I said, they're gonna come through in the end. Like, just like, like I said, basketball, it took them till late February to get things going, and they almost made another Elite Eight run. Yeah, and we think about last year's baseball team, just to wrap it up. Last year's baseball team, me and you were just counting them out. We started covering softball. Mm-hmm. Like, we thought, and then and then all all of a sudden, Arkansas played like their last thirteen or fourteen games on the road and got all the way to Omaha. And so that that's what's what's crazy about baseball is if you think you just look like you're down and out, and then all of a sudden it just you get hot at the right time and, and you get to Omaha. That's what's that's the beauty of baseball and softball. Yeah. Well, Jake, you got anything before we wrap it up? No, just uh, make sure you go to Apple or YouTube or wherever you follow us and watch us, maybe on Facebook, Twitter. Give us a uh, like and a follow there on social media or go over to the Apple Podcast give us a, and leave us a uh, rate and review. And, uh, man, enjoyed everybody sh- uh, coming on tonight and listening and commenting and, and can't wait till next week. Yeah, we'll catch you again next week. Uh, again, this has been produced by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas, and Bet Online. We'll have the weekly women's sports report coming to you Monday or Tuesday, lining up the guests depending on their availability. But for Jacob Davis, I'm Porter Hayes, and we'll catch you next week. Go Hugs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.